Let's check out your headlines for today, and we will do that by starting over at Western University, where they have announced that they're dropping the school's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. However, masking remains in place. In a policy update, a, the school sent out a statement that said, uh, following recent discussions with medical experts as well as local public health officials, Western would no longer require students, employees, or visitors to be vaccinated in order to come on campus. The update follows the Ontario Superior Court of Justice's decision to reject a challenge by five Western University students to withdraw the previous COVID-19 booster vaccine mandate. The controversial mandate initially prompted mixed reactions from students when announced back in August, while the union representing faculty uh, praised the move. Despite revoking the vaccination policy, the university continues to encourage everyone to remain up to date with their vaccinations. According to Western, masks will still be required in all spaces following the December break for the duration of the winter term to, quote, minimize any continued transmission of the virus. At London City Hall, London has begun the process of renaming Paul Haggis Park. There was no debate yesterday as city politicians endorsed a move to rename Paul Haggis Park and remove all references to the park's current name from the city's website. It comes after a U.S. jury ordered the London-born screenwriter and film director to pay at least $7.5 million in compensatory damages to a woman who accused him of rape. Days later, the 69-year-old Haggis was ordered to pay an additional $2.5 million in punitive damages for a total of $10 million U.S. That works out to $13.3 million Canadian. Now, the park is located at 2875 Bateman Trail. It was named after Haggis back in 2011, and the issue was first brought to the attention of city councillors in 2018, a year after the allegations uh, led to the U.S. jury's decision emerged. Ward 12 Councillor Elizabeth Peloza, who represents the area where the park is located, put forward a new motion to remove his name from the park during yesterday's meeting of the Community and Protective Services Committee, along with removing his name from the park, as well as all related references to the city's website. Peloza's motion will also direct staff to begin the process of renaming the park, which includes consulting neighbors on a new name. The committee voted 5 nothing in favor of the motion, with Mayor Josh Morgan, the committee's sixth member, absent from the meeting. The renaming process will not begin in full until full city council grants the final approval, and that'll come December the 13th. Let's shift over to gas because what uh, when it comes to gas, what goes down must come back up. As expected, the price of gas dropped by four cents overnight to $1.41.9 for a liter of regular this morning. However, the drop will be short-lived. Gas prices are expected to rebound tonight and rise by four cents, returning to the level they're at yesterday. Today's prices are 30 cents cheaper, though, than what we were charged for gas a month ago and are the lowest they've been since January the 12th. Diesel, which has been on the decline as of late, is on the way back up. It rose four cents overnight and is set to jump by another three cents tonight to $1.98.9. Today's relatively low prices come five months after gas rose above the $2 a liter mark, hitting a high of $2.15 in mid-June. They also come two weeks after Premier Doug Ford announced he would extend the 5.7 gas tax cut 
through all of next year. Speaking of Ford, his government plans to appeal a court ruling that struck down its controversial law limiting wages for public sector workers. Bill 124 introduced in 2019 capped wage increases for hundreds of thousands at 1% a year for a three-year period. Now on Tuesday, an Ontario court struck down the legislation saying it infringed on the rights to collective bargain and freedom of association. Later on Tuesday, the Attorney General's office said it would seek to appeal the decision. Now, the court ruling that struck down the act estimated roughly 780,000 workers in the public sector. Many organizations and unions blame the legislation for the growing staff issues in hospitals in the province as Ontario struggled to recruit and retrain nurses during the COVID-19 pandemic. Groups representing several hundred thousand public sector employees challenged the law in court. Now, the province argued the law did not infringe on their constitutional rights. An Ontario Superior Court justice ruling released yesterday by Justice Marcus Cohen said the law infringed, however, on the rights of collective bargaining and freedom of association. And a holiday tradition returns to London tonight. The CP Holiday Trail will make a train will make its return to London tonight after a two-year absence. The holiday train tour operated virtually the past two years due to the pandemic, but has resumed its in-person experience this year. The train will be in London tonight at 8.15. It'll roll to its usual stop at the Richmond Street Rail Crossing, so be mindful of that if you're driving tonight. That'll be between Piccadilly and Mill Streets. It's then going to chug out of the city about 9 o'clock. Canadian country music stars Lindsay L. and Jojo Mason will be performing during the visit to the Forest City. The event is free, but anyone attending is encouraged to bring a donation of either cash or non-perishable food for the London Food Bank. On this day in history, in 1810, U.S. industrialist and manufacturer Oliver Winchester was born. He developed the first fully functioning and reliable repeating rifle. In 1824, construction began on the Welland Canal connecting Lake Erie and Lake Ontario. In 1872, Lieutenant Colonel John McRae, a physician, poet, author of the famous war poem in Flanders Fields, was born in Guelph. In 1933, Sir Arthur William Curry, the first Canadian appointed commander of the Canadian Corps during the First World War, died. In 1957, the Grey Cup between Hamilton and Winnipeg was the first to be covered coast-to-coast on television. Hamilton beat Winnipeg 32-7. In 1976, the Anglican Church of Canada ordained its first six female priests. Due to time zone differences, the first to be ordained was Mary Mills, who had become the church's first female deacon on December the 22nd, 1969, right here in London. In 1981, a report by an Ontario task force on vandalism recommended that vandalism be specifically defined under the criminal code. In 1983, a a three-and-a-half-year session of Parliament ended. It was the longest in Canadian history. In 1988, the Ontario government introduced legislation to restrict smoking in the workplace, the first legislation to control smoking in private offices of any Canadian province. On this day in 2007, uh, Evil Knievel died in Clearwater, Florida at the age of 69. In 2018, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, U.S. President Donald Trump, and outgoing Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto signed the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement at the G20 meeting in Buenos Aires. Also 
Monroe in 2018. George H.W. Bush, who served as the 41st president of the United States from 1989 to 1993, died at the age of 94. Former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney was among those who delivered a eulogy at his state funeral December the 5th. And on this day in 2020, Merriam-Webster's choice for its 2020 word of the year was a no-brainer. The dictionary chose pandemic, which started a trend on their website as early as January and February. Celebrating a birthday today, we have listener Paula turns 54. Happy birthday from Alan, Jen, and Greg. Producer Jacqueline Carbone turns 29 today. Happy birthday, Jacqueline. Celebrities celebrating a birthday today include a director, Ridley Scott. He turns 85. Billy Idol is 67. Bo Jackson is 60. Ben Stiller is 57. And Kaylee Cuoco turns 37.